Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Thursday, December 14th edition of the Basement Academy. Our morning psalm is very short. It's one of the pilgrim psalms, and it appears to be a psalm praying for, blessing those who have responsibility within the temple for leading worship, and I think by extension, those who serve in ministry. So thank you for all who pray for me, for Eric, for our church staff, and for all who serve uh, Christ Church. Psalm 134. Praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. May the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Three verses. And may it be that our our, our church workers at Greenwich and, and elsewhere know the blessing of the Lord, and may it always just be brief blessings. <laughs> just pray for us that God would strengthen us. Uh, this is a particularly full time of year uh, with extra worship services and enhanced worship services, if we could say that. Uh, so anyway, appreciate your, your prayers going into these next uh, this week, week or two. Okay, <clears throat> yesterday we read Revelation chapter 20, uh, which speaks of the thousand years. There's a, this phrase shows up several times. John's vision, though he's still in the throne room somehow with the living creatures and the 24 elders, etc., his vision now encompasses a vision of something that unfolds over time. And, and so what, what I said is I, I want to... Um, kind of take this passage and help us understand it differently. This is the chapter that gives rise to various systems and diagrams and charts. And so I've got a chart here and going to try to go through some of this. Um, I suspect many of you have... Um, attended studies or read books that do have a framework for understanding the end of all things, the end times. And, you know, words like the millennium, that's the thousand years. It's another way of talking about that. The tribulation, the rapture, all of those ideas, premillennial, postmillennial, are you a post-trib rapture, a mid-trib rapture, or a pre-trib rapture person. It's like, whoa, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but others of you, it's like, oh yeah. And so something has seeped into uh, particularly the, I would say, the more conservative wing of the Christian church in the last, you know, hundred-ish years and popularized in the last 30 years or so, let's say by um, the Left Behind series, Frank Peretti's Piercing the Darkness, um, The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey back in the 70s. Um, it's looking at this passage and others, but, but a lot is driven here. So what, what I want to do today is, as briefly as I can, and, and hopefully it'll be brief, is just to offer what are kind of the three 
historic views or basic views of this thousand year thing. The pre-millennial view is that Jesus returns. We have a promise of his return. That Jesus returns before pre-millennium. So he returns before the thousand years that are being presented here in Revelation. So I've got a little chart down here, and I apologize if, if you're listening to the podcast. What I've got is a timeline running from left to right, if you're not watching this. On the far left, I've got Israel, then I've got uh, a cross representing uh, when Christ came, his first coming, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. So there's the cross. I've got Christ under that. And then the church. And so Israel, Old Covenant, Church, New Covenant, okay? Divide, Christ is the hinge uh, that, that, that shifts us into the New Covenant fulfillment. And then maybe two-thirds of the way down to the right, I've got dotted lines that says a thousand years, and then beyond that, the new heaven and earth, okay? So if you can kind of, if you're just listening, you can picture a timeline. Israel, then the cross representing Christ, then the church, and then towards the end, Two dotted lines vertically that, that represent the thousand years and then the new heaven and new earth, okay? The premillennial view, now I'm drawing with a red arrow, the premillennial view is that Christ returns before the thousand years. He comes to set up that thousand years. He, he is reigning and so casting that that uh, the beast and whatnot into the fiery lake for the thousand years okay so the premillennial view simply says that Christ returns before that thousand year reign and he essentially establishes that now going along with the premillennial premillennial view are often um, some views about, uh, a great tribulation. Uh, scripture speaks of uh, an intensifying of, um, or seems to speak of an intensifying time of persecution uh, that may last seven years. You go to the book of Daniel for some of this information. And so if we've got this notion of a tribulation, I'm going to move my microphone over here because when every time I turn away uh, I, I turn away from the microphone and so there are some ideas that before the thousand years and the return of Christ we've got a seven-year period of persecution and then there are various ideas that the church will be raptured or taken away and then there are different views based on interpretive frameworks and assumptions, etc., from Daniel, Ezekiel, Zechariah, Matthew, Revelation here, of when that quote-unquote rapture will occur. Will it be a pre-tribulation rapture? So before the seven years begins, before that intensifying uh, persecution of Christians, will the church be raptured out, taken away, or will it be a post-tribulation rapture? That is, the church 
will have to endure the seven years of persecution and then it is taken away and then Christ comes to establish a kingdom or there's some who believe in a mid-tribulation rapture that three and a half years in, the church uh, goes away. So um, so that's some of that. So the, the pre-millennial view, I'm making, I'm erasing all my red lines. The pre-millennial view essentially says Christ comes back before the millennium, okay? Now, as the name suggests, the post-millennial view suggests that Jesus returns after, at the end of the thousand years, okay? And so instead of before, he comes after the thousand years. The post-millennial view so the premillennial view has this notion that things get worse before they get better, okay? So there's this intense persecution. The church is, has to endure some of it, perhaps, and then is taken away, and then Christ comes and establishes his kingdom, etc. The postmillennial view, there's, there's a couple variations of it that the church is going along and then the gospel is spread and things start getting better and better and better. So instead of things getting worse, things get better. And he comes back at the end of the thousand years after the gospel has been shared to all um, nations. And it's kind of a rosy approach. The post-millennial view sees things becoming better on planet earth. And then we kind of prepare the way for him to return. There are some understandings of the post-millennial view that sees the thousand years somewhat figuratively and sees that as the church age, okay? And so there is no formal beginning of the thousand years. It, 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 lend, it tends in that direction I shared yesterday that the thousand years is, is somewhat symbolic, okay, or, or, or figurative. So anyway, pre-millennial, he comes back before. Post-millennial, he comes back after the thousand years. The, the third view is the ah-millennial view. The prefix a meaning not or without. That is to say, there is no literal thousand years. That And, and if you listened yesterday or watched yesterday, I tend in the amillennial direction, okay? So I believe the thousand years that's being spoken of here in Revelation are figurative. They're, they're symbolic. It's representative of, uh, as I said yesterday, a time that can be known to God, but unknown to us. It's a stock number in scripture. For the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. We cannot experience a thousand years, but for God, a thousand years is like an instant, right? God who was outside time. And so the, the language of the thousand years is trying to convey this thing's going to go on for a while, people, but God has it covered because he's wrapping up uh, the revelation, right? So John is wrapping up his, his uh, letter and so he, he's trying to comfort the uh, churches one more time by saying, hey, 
God's got this one. Even though we may not see the end of this time of persecution, God does. And so the notion, I think there are more figurative uh, and, and, and poetic expressions where the beast is cast into the abyss for a thousand years. It's saying there's a binding. God has this thing taken care of. And the idea within the amillennial view that instead of there being kind of a, a linear you know, thing where things are going on and then there's a tribulation that happens at some point in the future, I understand that that we're in the time of tribulation, that that the, the the church age and the tribulation are concurrent. Persecution has been happening from the beginning of the the church, right? I mean, goodness, that's the Apostle Paul. He was Saul at the time, and he's Stephen is the first martyr. We read of him uh, in Acts chapter six and seven. And so he is stoned to death and there is Saul consenting to his death. So Saul is persecuting the, the church. A great persecution arises and the church is scattered. Then Saul is converted. He becomes the apostle Paul. He himself endures suffering. And the church of Jesus Christ has been enduring tribulation uh, ever since. Now, does every church, every local church in every country experience persecution and tribulation like every other church? No, of course not. But the body of Christ is connected, right? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is where Paul's understanding of the body of Christ. Oh, all Christians are in some organic union with Jesus Christ. So to persecute or do violence or harm to a Christian is to do harm to Jesus Christ. And, and when one member of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. When your arm hurts, your whole body's paying attention to it, right? And so we, we lack some sense of the unity of the body ourselves. But I have this understanding that we are in the last times. We are in the end times. That when the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, that was fulfillment of an end times prophecy um, spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. And so I think, we're in the last days. We're in the end times. Well, then why, why is it taking so long? God has plans and purposes. So we're 2,000 years into the thousand-year millennium. <laughs> and that's why So I, I, I take the amillennial view that there is no, no literal um, thousand years, you know, 365 day with leap years tossed in that what what is happening in the book of revelation and i'll and i'll tease this out a little bit more tomorrow and then we'll we'll wrap up our study next week um uh, leading up to christmas that that what john is trying to do in this letter is to encourage god's people who are enduring persecution for their faith and perhaps wavering a little bit so I know your good deeds, I have this against you. And so the, 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 the press of culture, the press of persecution, the press of daily life comes to Christians and we sometimes wobble in our faith. We sometimes weaken in our faith. We sometimes wonder 
what in the world is going on as we see evil erupting or, or bad things happening and suffering uh, of, of God's people, it makes us question, is God really sovereign? And so Revelation chapter 20 is giving us that notion. You may not experience a thousand years, but God can see a thousand years. A thousand years is as nothing to God. It's like a day. And so it's this binding of evil. It's this, as I shared at the end of yesterday, this, this consummation of all things. And sure enough, as we turn to chapter 21 uh, next week, we will see this, this new heaven and new earth that descend out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband, looping us back to that, that, that bride image, the marriage image uh, that we saw in Revelation 19. So anyway... The, the, the charts can go way deeper. The, 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 the systems are way more complex and intricate. I'm giving you a very high level. Premillennial, Jesus comes back before the thousand years. Postmillennial, Jesus comes back at the end of the thousand years. Amillennial, there is no literal thousand years, which is where I stand. Now, I may be wrong. And so I just, I put that out there because there are, you know, credible scholars throughout you know, church history that have held these other positions. As I reread some of their writings uh, and diving back into my theology book in preparation for today, I remain more convinced of the amillennial view taken in whole with the book of Revelation and, and the, the symbolic figurative meanings to, to so many of these numbers, okay? So uh, hopefully this is helpful. Uh, maybe remove a little bit of mystery. Maybe add <laughs> a little bit more to you. Let's, uh, let's close with prayer. Father, thank you. <clears throat> thank you for your love and faithfulness uh, to us, mercies which have greeted us afresh this morning. And thank you for your love and faithfulness to the human family, to promises to Abraham and his family fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so as we continue our preparations for the celebration of Christ's birth uh, in our Christmas celebration, as we contemplate kind of the beginning of the church's story, we reflect here on the end of the church's story. And we thank you that it is a good end that you protect and preserve your people. You bring us home and you keep us faithful as we wait uh, for you. And so, Lord, strengthen us this day. Uh, cause all confusion to be driven from our minds and may our faith, hope, and love abide always in Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May God draw close to you as you draw close to him, as you contemplate his goodness. May that goodness refresh you and strengthen you and enable you to walk this day as a faithful follower of Jesus. Amen and amen.